if you have not been here, uh, we are after uh, next week, uh, Valentine's Day celebrations. Um, we'll be starting a new series that will uh, be quite long. We're, we're, we're going to start through the book of Revelation. A lot of people have had an interest in that, and uh, it will, uh, it's, it's a complicated book, uh, but there's a lot in there for us. So uh, just be praying about that. Start reading it if you never have, and uh, that's where we're going. But today, here's just a little a precursor to that, getting us ready, um, because we'll pick this theme back up in chapter 12 of Revelation, but in 2 Timothy chapter 3, is that rain starting? Is that ice? Is that rain or ice? It's cold enough out there to be ice, isn't it? Wow. If you're our guest today, good to have you with us. Um, we're looking today at uh, how it's going to be uh, uh, in the last days in which we're living now. Uh, this, this is not the last days of the book of Revelation. A lot of people think, oh, well, those last days are not going to start until then. No, we're in them. We're in, we're in them. Um, that's what he's talking about. I, I asked this question. A lot of y'all in here are a lot younger, uh, but some of us are old enough to know that we've seen times in our life that were a lot better than they are now. I don't mean personally. You know, some of us, knew, know, we know what it means to not have anything, you know, to grow up in a very, very hard situation. I'm not talking about a personal, uh, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, as a general rule, all the ramifications that go with uh, a church and society. Um, it is the worst I've ever seen in my life. Uh, and uh, I've only been here 64 years. Uh, when we look at this, you think, well, uh, and basically this is the theme, cheer up, it's going to get worse. You know, that's exactly what Paul is, is writing to Timothy and telling him. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, that's where we pick it up, he says, mark this, according to your translation, he says, pay attention, therefore, look at this, listen to this. He said, there will be terrible times, yours might say difficult times, there are several translations, uh, for that word, in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents. Wow. Did you ever classify disobedient to your parents as a, a major sin? It is. Uh, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, non-lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power, having nothing to do with them, he says. Well, you say... Did Paul just write this yesterday? It sounds like it. When you wait, when you see what's going on in just society, uh, boy, it looks just like it. That's what he's saying. They're the kind who worm their way into homes and again uh, and gain control over weak-willed women who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires. Always learning, but never able to come to the acknowledgement of the truth. Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so also these men Oppose the truth, men of depraved minds. Boy, it's an epidemic proportions. Who, as far as faith is concerned, are rejected. They're not believers. Uh, they're fakes. But they will not get very far because it is the case those men, their folly will be clear to everyone. That's the whole reason he's writing this list. 19, he lists that there's 19 in that list. And he says, this is why I'm bringing this out to you, Paul says to Timothy. He said, because you're living right in that like we are. And you need to be aware of these things going on or you will be led astray 
number one, the church can be led astray, but number two, you can, uh, you can start living this way yourself. So he's, he's writing it kind of as a, as a warning. You, however, know all about my teaching. He's taught Timothy from day one. He said, you know the truth. You know what I'm about. My way of life, my purpose, my faith, my patience, love, endurance, persecutions. You know all of that. All the sufferings. What kinds have happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra? The persecutions that I endured. <clears throat> yeah, the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who lives godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. That's what it means. In this day, if you try to live your life according to Jesus' guidelines, you will be persecuted. You will, if you haven't already. We don't know what it is uh, like it is in the Middle East and other parts, and we're starting to see it a little bit more in the last few years here in the United States, but you will be. Uh, he said that's exactly what it is. You can count on it. While evil men and apostles will go from bad to worse. He, that's what he's saying. Cheer up, it's going to get worse. You know, we don't really know what it is yet, but it's going to get worse by deceiving and being deceived. We are in the last days as history winds down. Why? The last days started when Jesus started his ministry. A lot of people say, oh, the last days just start way over in Revelation. No. We're in them. They started at the beginning of the end. The beginning of the end was when Jesus started his ministry. He started his ministry when John the Baptist baptized him. That was the starting. It will be consumed whenever he comes back the last time. So we're in the middle of that. Paul was in it. Timothy was in it. We're in it. So he said, that's what it is. Till we get to that end, we're living in it. And everything that he warned him of was happening then. John himself says it in First and Second John. Remember what he says, my little children, you already have Antichrist in your midst. You know, anybody, uh, everybody says, well, only the Antichrist is going to be in the end in Revelation. No, they're already Antichrist. Anybody who is against Christ, is, he's referring to as Antichrist. Not the big Antichrist, the world leader that's going to, that's not what he's talking about there. That's not it. How are we to understand this? You know, how are we to live that out? There will be terrible. You mean it's going to get worse than it is yet? You don't know anything yet. We don't know anything about persecution yet in the United States. If you know anybody, if you keep up with anything across the world, you know, there were there were there have been more martyrs for Jesus in the last century, in the twentieth century, than all nineteen centuries prior put together. You just have to look in the right place and you find that stuff. But we don't know what that is here, but we see it coming. You know, we've seen it since the CRT and the woke stuff rose up in the last few years since COVID. We see it more intensifying, and it will get worse and worse and worse as we come to the consummation of the ages. And it's, and it's good for us to be aware that these are the things that show us because people will become more evil and more evil and more evil. And you need to know that. And the church needs to know that. And one of the reasons he's pointing this out is that we don't get led astray because church after church after church has bought into some of this nonsense since COVID, and it is, I mean, they've gone away from the gospel, the truth. So that's why it's important. You say, why, are you, why don't you tell me something positive? The positive thing is Paul says in the end, we win. We are. You know we've already won, right? We've already won, but we just in these little battles. Jesus has already won the final war. It's kind of like World War II whenever it ended. You know, Hitler was still fighting even though he was really already defeated. And then it finally ended up on what day? One of those big days. What did we call it? There was a day after D-Day. What was it? There was a big name for it. 
Why would Hitler keep fighting if he knows he's already lost? Why would the devil keep fighting if he knows he's already lost? Because he's trying to ruin our life as much as he can because he knows he's done. You know, you say, well, I don't understand how that works. That's all right. The world is terrible, sometimes rendered. You know what this word translates? It's the same word that translates, you know, the guardian, uh, the guardian demoniac, whenever they, uh, when Jesus delivered him, he was wild and just terrible and outrageous, and everybody was scared of him. That's the same word that we translate terrible or hard times. There's a time coming when it's going to be wild and uncontrollable and outrageous. Well, we've seen it go there in the last four or five years, haven't we? Haven't we seen things happen in the last four years? You thought, I never would have thought in my lifetime that I would see that. You know, and that's exactly how fast it goes. That's what he's talking about. And that's exactly the same word that he's using here. You know, unfortunately, these verses are, are kind of bleak. But it's a reminder. He says, pay attention because, you know, don't be surprised. And here's one of the main things. Don't think that Jesus is losing just because the world is getting worse. It's going to get worse. I mean, that's just part of it. People will get farther and farther away from God. You know, here's the deal. They've always been bad. There are just now 8 billion of us that are bad. You know, in, in Paul's day, who knows what the population of the world was, but it wasn't anything like it is now, you know. So when you take a percentage of how many bad people there are in 8 billion, that's why it seems to get so much worse now, quicker. There's so many bad people around us that were not around us. In verse, he talks about how the devil is sneaky. You know, he never comes you right in the front. He's going to sneak up to you some way and get your attention, or not get your attention, but get you. So that's why he's laying it out this way. And then he talks about if you're trying to live for Jesus in these last days, you can just count on it. It's going to be tough. Some people, oh, well, if Jesus really cares, this wouldn't happen. So you know what? If that's the way Jesus is going to do it, I'm not interested. So they jump ship. We call it apostasy. They call it a crisis of faith. You just quit believing. I mean, why do you think, you know, in, when the Scripture tells us it's going to get worse, we don't need to be surprised and think that Jesus is not in control anymore because things are getting worse. Why? Because he says it's going to get worse until he comes back. It's going to get worse and worse and worse and worse. So he gives us 19 ugly pictures of the way people operate, and that's exactly what he does. But if the Bible-saturated mind, if you and I keep studying God's Word and we keep have people around us to encourage us and we keep it in front of us and real around people, then we can see when this thing is coming and approaching us and we can, we can defend it and stop before we start b believing the wrong thing so that we do not get sucked into it. That's the whole reason for it. He says, I'm writing this so you can be aware these things are going to come. You don't need to get sucked into it. Churches have gotten into this. I mean, it is, it is really bad, even in the Southern Baptist Convention, how people have bought into this CRT woke deal, and they're running their churches and their ministry after it when it is all it is. You know what that is, right? It's just a communist manifesto in prettier words. If you don't believe me, go get a communist manifesto and read it and then study some about the CRT, and you'll see that's exactly what it is. I mean, in churches, Baptist churches are buying into that thing and say, oh, well, there's nothing wrong with that. He says, I'm writing this so you will know. So we're not taking advantage of. So the devil can't sneak in there and get us and us not pay attention to it. That's the whole reason. We cannot be ignorant. 
We can't afford it for ourselves, for our families, for our society. That's what he's saying. This is why I'm doing it. We need to know evil is evil. You know, in the 20th century, you know, the beginning of the 20th century, if you read also, man, this is going to be the century of the centuries. We headed for utopianism where everything's great and everybody's going to be satisfied. In the end of that 20th century, what happened? We have more armament that can destroy the world 50 times over than we've ever had. We had two world wars. Lord knows what else happened. Finally, people realized, no, you know what? We didn't get any better. We got worse. And that's exactly what happens. Evil is evil. And he says, it's going to continue to get evil and get more evil. You say, how can it get more evil? Oh, it can. Between the beginning of the Bible and the end, there is evil and suffering. I should be speaking on that one day, suffering. A lot of people don't understand that. That They think suffering is out of the will of God. He said, oh, no, no. After evil came in the picture, you can expect suffering. Where, where do you think suffering comes from? It comes from sin. Now, please understand, that doesn't mean because you're suffering from an illness that there's sin in your life. That is not what I'm talking about, okay? But as a general rule, all of our suffering outside of, uh, in some of that, some of that comes from, some of the, the sickness people have come from the sin of people who have not handled things they handled, should have handled correctly. You know what I mean by that? Chemicals, different things like that. So in a sense, people are sick sometimes from the sin of somebody else not handling things the way they should. But just because someone's sick doesn't mean that they have sin in their life. There's how many examples in the Bible? He said, oh, no, that's not the way it is. But evil is the primary cause of suffering. That's what happened after the fall in the garden. That's exactly where they go. They're related. It's the primary cause of it. Rebellion is the root of pain. Sin is the source of death. It is important to grasp how really evil evil is. You know, it is. And it's only going to get worse. You know, that's the sad part. But it doesn't mean that Jesus is not in control. He says, it's coming. I'm telling you, this is the way it's going to be. Even parts of our society are beginning to appreciate there is something wrong with us. And it's us. That's exactly what happened. Go back and look at that century and see exactly what's happened. Anybody remember this? If you were in the first service, you can't answer. Anybody remember where this came out the first time? We have met the enemy. And he is, it, he is us. I'm the enemy. Anybody remember that? <laughs> I know most of y'all were young back then. You ever heard of the cartoon comic strip Pogo? What? What are you talking about? It was a comic strip actually centered around Okefenokee Swamp. Y'all know what that is? Hello? Y'all know what that is? It was about a possum. Pogo was the possum. And uh, that's what it was, the whole comic strip. But, man, it ran for almost 40 years, 30, 35. That's where this was. You know, somebody asked uh, in uh, the one of the secular uh, magazines years, years ago in the last century, they wrote it when everybody was reading the newspapers, and they posed this question, can somebody tell us what is wrong with the world? And G.K. Chesterton wrote in, he says, I am. He's right. We are. We are the problem. Why? Because none of us are immune to evil. Sometimes we don't really know how evil we can be. You know what Jeremiah said? The heart is deceitfully wicked. You don't even know it. Your own heart will fool you. 
Paul's writing this. He said, these things are out there. Be careful. You start having some of this, you need to get somebody to help you before a tire runs off. You know, we want to wait till our tire runs off. And then it's facing evil. This was a, a, a series of essays written. And none of these people were Christians. None of them coming from the same perspective per se. But they were writing about evil. And this is what they said. They said this. Nevertheless, many say the point that the violence. Do we have any violence? Huh? Where? Everywhere. Violence, the greed. The lust, the malice that operate on the institutional scale find their source in the human heart. These are, these are not people that even believe in the Bible. But they've surveyed everything and said, this is where it all comes from. That's what the Bible's been teaching for how long? But it is the Bible itself that says absolutely it all comes from evil, our evilness within us. That's it. What did Isaiah say? Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. It's a problem. The times of evil. But understand this. He says, pay attention, listen, look at this. Why? In the last days, there will be.